0: Hey! Hey! Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, or maybe it's the weekend. You're enjoying some nice weekend weather. If it is, I mean, this weekend is supposed to be ridiculously hot in Winnipeg. So if you are, try to stay cool. Go grab a Slurpee or a Blizzard just to cool off. But uh, before we kick into this week's episode, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, give a shout out to everyone who I got a chance to talk to at the this past weekend's Winnipeg Pro Wrestling Show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the crowd was hot and on fire the entire show and uh, you know what it was a really great card from top to bottom the uh, the main event between aj sanchez and mars the specialist was fantastic when it eventually gets released uh, on youtube make sure you go to your way to check it out because they put on a great match and i really hope to see those two run it back again because it was a lot of fun Um, but so, yeah, but it was great seeing so many people out at the, uh, out at the WPW show. Thank you for grabbing shirts. Those of you that did, and it was just, uh, just fun just to talk wrestling with everyone. So this week on the podcast, I was joined by a a very special guest. Um, I haven't been fortunate enough to have too many guests from Saskatchewan on the show, but, uh, this week I was joined by Mike McSugar. You might be familiar with him if you're out uh, out in Saskatchewan. He also wrestled uh, some CWE shows, uh, PCW. Him and uh, Michael Allen, Richard Clark, Team Flex Appeal. They wrestled in PCW for quite a few years, and uh, he's currently, uh, you know, a mainstay with Ringside uh, Ringside Wrestling out in Saskatchewan. So. He joins me this week. We, we talk about the, his very beginning, his entrance into wrestling, um, even what got him started. And you wouldn't think that this was what captured his attention for wrestling. But we talk about all that fun stuff. We talk about uh, facing off with Ryback and uh, the, his experience wrestling with him. And uh, Mike just share some stories and thoughts on wrestling. And we have a really great chat. So without further ado on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Mike McSugar. Now, I always like to start off any time I have a guest on the show and learning when they were first introduced to wrestling. And I know we're very close in age, so I'm assuming yours was very similar to mine.
1: Well, (laughs) I was about four or five years old when I got my first taste of wrestling. And honestly, my first taste of wrestling was like, I I grew up in small towns, Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. So like in like small towns, like two, three hundred people where we lived. We didn't have cable. We just had a big satellite dish, like those old satellite dishes that took up your entire front yard. Yeah. Uh, So my mom one day turned on the satellite dish to whatever channel she was on. And on was Glow Wrestling. And that was my first taste of wrestling ever. And I fell in love with it. The characters were, I mean, I look back and I watch it and it's absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. But when I was a kid, they were like live cartoon characters and I fell in love with it. Like right off the bat, love glow wrestling. That was my first taste of wrestling.
0: You know what glow they really took like the whole character aspect and took it to like another level. I mean, you did see that with, you know, WWF and stuff, but glow, that was their big thing.
1: Oh, yeah, it's huge. And like my character, like me, myself, like when I wrestle, I'm a huge character, right? So I kind of take that a lot from that, I guess, or I maybe that's just what I first fell in love with. But character, big characters is always what I've loved and enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Even though like Rey Mysterio Jr. is like my favorite wrestler who is not really a character wrestler, but
0: yeah, right. So Well, being Saskatchewan, I mean, I know here in Manitoba, I would get or we would get Stampede Wrestling uh, and it would be followed by the local promotion. I think it was WFWA at the time. So that'd be their big thing. Were you able to check out much Stampede in Saskatchewan?
1: Um, I kind of caught a little bit of Stampede back in like early 2000s. And I guess I watched some Stampede back when it was on, I can't remember if it was City TV or if there was a channel called ATV. And that was like when uh, TJ Wilson was just young and uh, Harry Mm -hmm. Smith was just young. So I got that kind of version of Stampede. But like my mom was a huge wrestling fan when she was younger. And she like they lived in Fox Valley, which is uh, like, I don't know if you know Saskatchewan, but it's like by Maple Creek. So about an hour away from Medicine Hat. And she used to drive to Medicine Hat with her brother's. And take them to old stampede shows okay. and stuff like that. So she, she remembers watching guys like Abdul, the butcher and the hearts and stuff like that. And so she used to tell me stories of like she had her coat ripped by one of the wrestlers when it, mm-hmm. when they were doing some fighting on the outside. So she's got kind of her own stories too, from there. That's, that's kind of who I get my wrestling stuff from is from my mom. Cause my dad mm-hmm. wasn't a big fan of wrestling. So,
0: mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was the same way. Cause I know my mom, she, by my- grandparents used to take her to the awa shows here so going to see stuff like that and then she kind of i would always be like oh check this out you know my mom would always be into it but my dad he would just put up with it so i think i i, I know where you're coming from with that <laughs> so that was your first introduction then i'm assuming that graduated to you know wwf at the time and so forth um was there any point where you kind of checked out from wrestling or did you stay a fan all the way through um actually when
1: i kind of started checking out in wrestling actually probably like i stayed really good fan up until i want to say mid to late 2000s around that 2009 2010 mark i kind of fell out of wrestling Mm -hmm. uh quite a bit it just didn't appeal to me as much i mean i still like some of the indie stuff you would find like the pwg and stuff like that Mm -hmm. ring of honor stuff and i've And I really like New Japan stuff, but I never felt like it wasn't uh, it wasn't something that I went out of my way to follow a whole lot, though. But that's what I would watch. If I had to watch wrestling, it was more more of that stuff or local indie shows that Mm -hmm. were around. Right. Other than that, I kind of fell out of it around that time period. Like WWE just wasn't doing it for me. Nobody was appealing to me as a character, a gimmick or storyline at that Mm -hmm. time.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, at that time there was the other options, you know, like New Japan you mentioned, and I mean, there was you know Impact, Ring of Honor, stuff like that. But I find now it's a, so much more accessible than it was, you know, ten years ago or so. Like now, at the drop of a hat, you can go online and find anything. But back then, you were kind of left to your own devices a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah hundred percent. Like I used to early two thousands, I used to buy lots of tapes off of uh, High Spots Wrestling, like Japanese mm-hmm. tapes and stuff like that, or. The best of like Stan Hansen and stuff like I, I like that stuff I have a few uh, best of Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrero from Mexico which are like literally some of those matches are people with a handheld camera back in the day mm-hmm. taping those things right so I mean I used to be I don't know if you'd say a tape trader but I, I collected VHSs and I still have a whole bunch of them that I never converted over to DVD why mm-hmm. I don't know but I still have them in boxes every once in a while I'll pull them out and watch them so
0: it's it's fun going back and seeing some of that stuff because it's stuff you grew up on. So to go back and relive that, you know, it's just, you know, bringing back the memories and all that sort of thing. So I definitely know where you're coming from with that.
1: Yeah. I like that stuff. And to me, sometimes you forget that some of those uh, some of those wrestlers back in the day could really go and you kind of sometimes associated with a slower pace matches, but a lot of times you go back, you watch them and you're like, this stuff's just as good, if not better than what's going on today. So. Mm-hmm. I guess it all depends on your taste though, too. Right.
0: Yeah. So. And nowadays, I mean, no matter what your flavor is, there's something for you, you know, it's just oh. a matter of fighting that. So growing up, I mean, you had mentioned Rey Mysterio, who you're a big fan of who else was really standing out to you back then.
1: Oh man. Like, well, when I first started watching wrestling, I really liked the rockers mm-hmm. actually, my, like one of my biggest things that I hate about is that uh, Back when the Rockers split up, when uh, Shawn Michaels super kicked Marty Janetti and threw him through the barbershop window, like I still, I have, I, like you talk to some of the boys that know me or some of the wrestlers that know me and they know that just like, that gets a nerve on me when that gets brought up, right, because I just, that was the worst part of wrestling for me, I was a kid, I remember crying over that, because I yeah. just loved the Rockers so much, so. And I, I still to this day hate Sean Michaels. Don't give a sh- don't give a crap how good <laughs> Shawn Michaels did die. Like, I just
0: don't like. It. I just he ruined my childhood. Don't like Sean Michaels. So, well, I mean, then I mean, even you know, like Sean, they always thought was you know the more talented one or whichever. But I was fully on Team Marty as it was. So,
2: yes, so that it was
0: too. it was a kick in the teeth. <laughs> yeah, and
1: it's funny because Marty Jannetty is such a garbage fire of a person right now
0: yeah the stuff that came out a few years ago that he was posting on facebook was really just some iffy stuff so
1: oh yeah it was something (laughs) else but i mean eh, that's why you don't meet your heroes i guess or whatever (laughs) yeah
0: exactly um so i mean you're a fan for most of your you know you know life up until that point when did you think that this was something you wanted to get into
1: Oh, the first time I saw it. Yeah. Like, I I swear, like as soon as I saw Glow Wrestling, that's, I was like, you can do that. I was like, that's what I want to do. So I was, I've had it in, I like, I mean, I I wanted to do it. I knew inside of me the entire time. That's the only thing I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I never ended up making, obviously never ended up making a career out of it, but at least I got to do it. But that's what I wanted to do from Mm -hmm. like five years old. First time I saw it, fell in love with it, wanted to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. So. I mean, you started training in what, 2008?
1: Yeah, like I did a few stints beforehand, like uh, Cannonball Kelly uh, and um, Joey Vendetta here in Saskatchewan. I kind of grew up with them in the area. They were a few years younger than me, but we backyard wrestled and stuff. And they started training in early 2000s with high-impact wrestling. And I kind of went up for a bit with them when they started for a couple months. And then at the time I was with somebody and they had moved. So I decided I was going to follow them Mm -hmm. instead of sticking it out. So I moved with them, dropped what I was doing there. Uh, When that fell apart, I tried again to get back into it and then decided I'm just going to move to Calgary and do other stuff with my life right now. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally moved back to Saskatchewan in 2008, there was a company in Moose Jaw, that was starting up gold dragon wrestling and they were Mm -hmm. looking for guys and I just happened to be around and I wasn't really doing much. So I thought, you know what, let's just give it a try. I know I'm a little bit older now, but why not? Like what else have I got going on? So I stepped in and gave it a try and, the rest is history i guess
0: see now we're going to have to backtrack a little bit because as soon as you mentioned backyard wrestling i have to ask about that okay because it's it's one of those things where i know like i've talked to a few other people um like i'm talking to jack pride out in alberta he had mentioned you know his start doing that too so i mean to hear about that i got to hear about your foray into backyard wrestling
1: oh man like i i've been doing it or i did it for years like uh We used to do it with my cousins when I went to go visit them during the summers, they had a trampoline. So we used to start our own little trampoline fed out there with my cousins. And then in moose I ran into a bunch of guys that were fans of wrestling that were like, Hey, do you want to come over to my buddy's house? We put mattresses down and we wrestle. And I was like, that sounds weird, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll go check it out. Whatever. Right. And, uh, that's how I got to know a few of the guys around here. And, um, yeah, we just started backyard wrestling and it, we just ended up becoming pretty good friends. And every once a week or once every couple of weeks we get together, we start wrestling this guy's uh, house when his parents were out working mm-hmm. and uh, we got kicked out a few times because <laughs> they came home early, right? And they're just like, why are there like 13 kids in our living room slamming each other with sticks, <laughs> in? you know, so, but it was fun. And then like, I mean, we ended up there, ended up being like uh, three different backyard feds in town in Moose Jaw. Mm-hmm. And we all ended up, you know, getting to know each other and becoming friends that way. Uh, we ended up hooking up with some guys in Saskatoon and backyard wrestling with them. So we kind of like switch uh, talent if you want to or trade talent or we would go up for a weekend or whatever. Uh, one time in Jaw here, we used a batting cage for a cage matches and stuff. And we had a whole whole day. These guys came down and from like noon to about eight o'clock at night, we wrestled in the cage. We ended up getting kicked out by the cops. Mm-hmm and stuff like that. Right. Cause they didn't want, you know, it is what it was, but I mean, some of my favorite times in wrestling is backyard wrestling. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it was carefree. It's just a bunch of guys having fun, you know, friends just fooling around. Nobody cared. There was no politics. It was actually great you Crappy what, wrestling, but great.
0: But <laughs> like no worries in the world, just like living your best lives.
1: That's right. You know, we come up with our own storylines. We weren't, nobody else was dictating it to us. We were just having fun and it mm-hmm. was, it was, it was great. Like, I mean, sure. Like I said, like the wrestling wasn't good. We were backyard wrestlers untrained, yeah. we had no idea what we were doing, but the idea though, it was just friends hanging out and having a good time. And it was, I don't know. I, I still envy those days. I still miss those days a little bit because it's not quite the same anymore. Like, I mean, wrestling's still fun and I got lots of friends in the business, but it's it's just not quite the same, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So from the backyard, I mean, you had mentioned, uh, Joey Vendetta and uh, cannonball Kelly, yeah. um, were they the ones who sort of introduced you to training or where did you go about for that? Was that what the golden, golden dragon, was it?
1: Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. So they introduced me to high impact wrestling for okay. training. Um, there was another place and I can't remember what it was called. Uh, there was another group of guys that had a, a like a little indie fed around Saskatoon. Uh, they were out of Langham, I believe um and they had came through Moose Jaw and we tried getting on with them training me and this guy called Terry Harvey uh who refs for us now and actually does wrestle in uh ringside wrestling now uh we went up and trained with him for a bit but it ended up being just uh kind of one of those fly by night promotions they weren't really trained either they were kind of just like a uh, backyard wrestlers with a wrestling ring that would mm-hmm. do shows type of thing um but it was it was fun experience just to get into a ring and bump and stuff but it was it was funny when you get there and you bump better than the guys that were wrestling in the ring. Right. But
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: that's a life lesson there. Yeah. And then, then we got on with the guys at him high impact with Joey Vendetta and cannibal Kelly there. Uh, so it was good. And th- those guys were good training. Like that was good training there.
0: So, mm-hmm. I mean, from your, from the beginning from high impact, I mean, you were there till the very end, correct?
1: Yeah. With high imp- pretty much to the very end. more like, like I went with Gold Dragon for a few years when I started, and then 2000—I would like to say 2000, end of 2009, 2010—I kind of started on with High Impact Wrestling just mm-hmm. because uh, Joey Vendetta was there and Cannibal Cali, and they kind of—they were my—they were my in, right? Yeah. And so they got me in contact with Chuck, and Chuck let me wrestle there a few times, and I stuck out with them pretty much off and on till yeah, till the bitter end, pretty mm-hmm. much.
0: And now, I mean, at the time, High Impact was one of the prominent promotions out in Saskatchewan, correct?
1: Oh yeah, like it was. It's been. It was at the time one of the longest ran promotions out there, and they had a really good following in Regina. And uh, when Cash took it over from Chuck, he really wanted to expand it from what it was, and he mm-hmm. really drove hard for the first few years that he had it. He really pushed really hard, and we ended up doing some really big shows. And we did a few, uh, good Saskatchewan tours for a couple of years and everything was going really well for a while. And it was, uh, looking like a really up and up promote coming up promotion for Saskatchewan
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then things just happen. Like anything else, wrestling has its highs and its lows and we hit a dip and it just kind of, you know, it's sometimes hard to ride that wave when it's mm-hmm. in the low periods. Right. So
0: things happen. Oh, for sure. Was there any, you know, moments with uh, high impact that really stood out to you?
1: Um, well, when we started doing the bigger meltdown shows, were really kind of cool because you went from going to a couple hundred people in the crowd to some of our shows were seven hundred people plus, and that's that's pretty impressive to have when you do some of those shows like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and those were some of our bigger shows or meltdown shows were like our WrestleMania or whatever you want to call it, right? So we rent mm-hmm. out a bigger venue, curling rink, and stuff like that, and. um, sometimes we brought in names which helped too like we had Ryback there one time mvp i forget who else thunder rosa came down for a uh, show or two Mm
2: -hmm. so it
1: was they were good shows and like we had like we had good talent like we had good local wrestlers around and guys from alberta like we had Mentalo out here tyler colton at the time was coming out a lot i mean Mm -hmm. those they're really good workers um we had guys from alberta coming out more and more so it was I don't know we we just had a good reputation out here we were putting on good shows and it was really good like uh our two finger tour was one of the biggest highlights for high impact wrestling that first tour uh we had april hunter on the tour and then matt uh what matt Stryker was on the other end of the tour okay and we did you know like like it was a it was a decent sized tour i think it was only a two-week tour but it was a lot of fun. Like for the boys, it was a lot of fun or all the wrestlers. I shouldn't say boys. Cause it was <laughs> like, it, it was a lot of fun. Chelsea green was on that tour as okay. well. That was kind of like when she first started and yeah, it was just a lot of fun going to small towns. We hit a few of the biggest, bigger cities in Saskatchewan. Right. So, mm-hmm. but it, it was lots of fun just being on the road for a couple of weeks and living out of hotels. And, uh, I was part of the RV crew. So we stayed in campgrounds in an RV. Oh, nice. it was
2: fun. Yeah
0: you know it's i think it's like a lot of the memories that you're sharing, like that you have you know because it's you're spending time with the same group of guys that or group same group of wrestlers that you know you're you're out there every night so you're 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 there to entertain and put on a great show and just to you know do the best you can and you're going from town to town and it's just when you spend all that time together and really just you know like those are the things you look back on
1: oh yeah 100 percent. yeah one of my uh one of my favorite matches came during that tour too it was uh uh what what was the show called that was the Bones rumble me and april hunter teamed up against actually uh my partner or my one of my good friends michael allen richard clark he was teamed up with uh chelsea green and we had a match a mixed gender match or whatever you want to call that and it was a lot of fun one of my favorite matches i've had of all time so Mm -hmm. it was it was a good time
0: you had mentioned um michael allen richard clark and i mean The first time I actually saw you wrestle was back in 2016, I want to say, at a PCW 14th anniversary show. It was uh, Team Flex Appeal versus the London Dynasty. So that was was the first time I ever saw you wrestle. Uh, I think it might be the only time I've seen you wrestle, but uh, maybe a few other PCW shows. But I vividly remember your guys' entrance there and the, the energy and fire that you guys came out with.
1: How I like to entertain. Like I I I will always say I might not be the best most athletic guy in the ring, but I come out to entertain. I want to have fun. I want the crowd to get their money's worth. And if I'm not necessarily going to be the best so-called wrestling match on the show, I'm going to give the people something at least to remember and take home by who I am. So
0: <laughs> Now, how did it come for you two to become tag partners? Because I know that you guys have had many tag matches. You guys have faced off against each other. So, I mean, there's obviously a history there. So I just want to hear about how that all came to be.
1: Well, we originally, like when, when uh, Michael and Richard Clark there first started, uh, he was pretty young. He was on his own and we actually teamed up one time in, I think it was, it was either Yorkton, Saskatchewan or Melville on like one, and like an offshoot show. Mm -hmm. And we were just joking around about how we, we should call ourselves team flex appeal when we go out there. And we were just joking around and they put us in a team and we teamed up. And that was, that was a few years before we started teaming up and we just kind of always played off that. We were always friends in the back. And then, um, And he was more turning heel at the time. And I was still a face or a good guy at the time.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And eventually they turned me heel on my partner and uh, Cannonball Kelly. And uh, it just so happened that I joined the group that Clark was at. And we pitched the idea of doing this team flex appeal gimmick with cash. And he liked it and said, let's roll with it and see where it goes. And we just became at first, we were just heels that were just supposed to be really dumb. Like Mm -hmm. we were just, dumb airhead dudes and uh i don't know it was kind of fun we just kind of played off each other's energy and we get along and we're goofy we have the same type of sense of humor in the back so it just kind of worked out really well together and we we get along good like we're good road buddies and we like we still talk like even when it's not wrestling we stay in contact all the time so
0: with high impact um they went strong until about 2019 and i know currently there's prairie pro which you wrestled for earlier and ringside correct
1: yeah that's correct
0: now how, how has the scene changed since you know earlier on when you started to where it is now in saskatchewan um well i don't know if it's changed
1: like regina's kind of evened out for us like the scenes change like there's not as many young guys coming up anymore in saskatchewan anyways mm-hmm. like we're finding it hard to find um we only have like maybe one or two guys of av- that have started over the last couple of years. I mean, COVID hasn't helped. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But we around here, we don't have a lot like Levi Knight is one of the few guys that has been recent and he's only been around maybe a year before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And other than that, we really don't have a lot of young guys coming up anymore. So it's a lot of guys that have like at least five years in the business. I mean that five years is nothing. Five years is still like a blink of an eye, but Mm -hmm. you just don't have that influx of, guys training as much anymore and and coming up so at least not around this area
0: why do you think that is
1: i i honestly don't know like wrestling is really got an uptick in like popularity again with aew starting up and the and like you said like the more access to like new japan and stuff like that and all these other indie shows like gcw and stuff like that and i mean there's a lot more fans out there of wrestling like you see a lot more hardcore indie fans that that you know are wearing the gcw shirts or following the new japan and stuff that you didn't necessarily see before Mm -hmm. but it just doesn't seem like any of them are super interested in training or maybe there's just not as much call for it here like maybe we just don't have the centers for it
0: Mm -hmm. like i know you know canada for all that the good that is in this country that the city location really does not make things easy you know whereas in the states you could wrestle you know in minneapolis st paul one night do you know a show in wisconsin the next day and it's only you know a two-hour drive or whatever here if you want to go from town to town you're looking at eight hours so i know that doesn't make things any easier for anyone wanting to get involved
1: No, it doesn't. And a lot of guys, because of that eight hour drive, just don't want to travel. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I understand, like, I mean, that's a big commitment. That's a, that's a full day. That's not just, uh, get up, go to my job and then, you know, drive for two hours, get to the show. That's like, I have to take the day off work. So if you don't have the weekends off or you can't take a paid vacation or paid time off, you're really not making any money. And that can be a big sacrifice for some guys, especially in today's economy and the way gas Mm -hmm. is and stuff. So I do get it. Like, I mean, I get traveling's hard and a lot of guys just don't have that commitment to Mm -hmm. wanting to travel. Like, I mean, me and Clark and a few of the other guys, we would travel to Edmonton, Calgary. We travel Mm -hmm. to Winnipeg, you know, some, some days would be drive to Edmonton, wrestle at the show. So you'd be at the venue for four or five hours. You turn around, just drive back that night. You'd be on the road for 16 hours that day. And that, Mm -hmm. that makes for a long day, but you did what you had to do. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, you guys were wrestling for PCW regularly, it seemed, you know, every month or every other month you guys were coming here for a show and that was, you know, from, I think, 2015 to 17 or 18, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, we were out there very regularly. Um We also were starting to do more Alberta shots like PWA and stuff like that at the time too. So we were pretty much every weekend we were doing, we were somewhere, if we weren't wrestling somewhere in Saskatchewan, we were out in Alberta or out in Manitoba, just trying to get experience, just trying to pay dues and, you know, meet guys and trying to get some contacts and just doing Mm -hmm. what we had to do, right? We liked wrestling and that's what we wanted to do. So
0: yeah, you want to, you know, do as much as you can, be as big a part of it as possible and just take it all in. That's right. Um, I know CWE, I mean, they're known for doing their cross Canada tours or, you know, Western Canada tours regularly and dipping into Ontario. I know you've been a part of it and yeah. hearing you mention uh, Ray Mysterio and Juventude earlier, uh, I know that you shared the ring with Juventude with a CWE show, correct? Yeah. That, that must have been a hell of a thrill.
1: That was, that was actually a really big, uh, that was a really big moment for me personally, just because I was a big, like Juventude's another one of my big, like all-time favorite. He's got to be in my top 10 uh, wrestlers there. So it was really neat just to meet him and get and in to wrestle and not just meet him, not just being on the same card as him, but actually being in the ring with him was, was unreal. It was like great experience. I loved it. It's mm-hmm. not too often you get to wrestle somebody that you idolized or you uh, look up to, or was one of your favorites. Right. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: that was a big moment. I really appreciated Danny booking me for that show and having me on there. So, I mean, it was a great opportunity for me and I loved it.
0: Mm -hmm. and i mean i think it was there was one it was a triple thread with i want to say dante leon but i could be mistaken
1: no i believe that was his name okay okay yeah i believe that was his name yeah
0: so um now i mean other than that one obviously that's a huge one in your career are there other matches or moments that you've had so far that really stand out to you
1: um that was a good one uh what are oh man, I've had a few like a lot of them involve The first time, me and my uh, me and my friend Cannibal Kelly, when we were a tag team as the Romantics, when we won the HIW uh tag team titles, that was a big moment for me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because it was the first time I won a title with a, a good friend of mine, um, and that that was a pretty big moment for me, uh when i was even coming up in uh gold dragon wrestling i was teamed up with i was arabian executioner so i was under a mask it was a a totally different gimmick i was an Mm -hmm. arabian from uh dubai (laughs) uh the whitest the whitest (laughs) probably probably wouldn't fly today so much anymore different Mm -hmm. times uh but me and my partner were uh the weapons of mass destruction and we teamed up and i'm still good friends with uh vernon there and we uh we had a lot of fun doing that too. I, I know that was a big highlight for him. And I, I think a lot of my highlights just involved me doing stuff with my friends. For the most part, I got to wrestle Ryback. That was a good opportunity for me. That was fun. Um, I think that was better than I thought it was going to be. Ryback surprised me on how he was in the back and what he wanted to do, like in the ring. Like he, he wanted, like, he called himself Indy Ryback. So he says he's a little different than he is when he's at, in the WWE he wanted to do more stuff like he wanted he was calling dives and stuff and I was like why are you diving I don't even want to dive and I'm like a tiny man compared to him so
0: when you're in that situation and you hear that from like a guy like him who might have a different sort of like you know I don't want to say uh people might have a different perception of him yeah and you're getting the chance and he's like no no I'm Indy Ryback I want to do dives I want to make the most of this it must be a good feeling to know like that it's not someone just not going through the motions you know that they actually want to put on a good show
1: yeah it's well it's great when you see guys that have made it obviously have made money and don't have to be doing this right Mm -hmm. like i mean ryback doesn't need to be doing dives at an indie show in saskatchewan but yet he wants to so it gives you kind of passion and drive to do it more because these guys who have made it and have gone from crowds of you know 20,000, 30,000 people to going in front of a thousand people to do shows and are still willing to do all the stuff that, you know, like a guy that's Ryback size, 300 and some pounds of pure muscle is willing to dive out in front of a small crowd like that. Well, relatively small crowd for him. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he obviously loves it or he wouldn't be doing it.
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: You know and like, it was like when I met Bushwhacker Luke for the first time I wrestled him back when I, uh, probably three years into the business, Danny did one of his first CWE tours, or it was like kind of when he was uh, really starting those tours up. and they were coming through and he had Bushwhacker Luke, Jimmy Jacobs, Roderick Strong, Hurricane Helms was on the tour, and I happened to hop in for a few shows, and I got to wrestle Bushwhacker Luke. And I have never met somebody who had more spots than Bushwhacker Luke. When I thought I was going to wa- wrestle Bushwhacker Luke, I thought I'd walk in there and it'd be all on the fly called old school style, it'd be an easy match and I had to remember so much bloody <laughs> stuff. I was like, "What is?" And then try to understand what he's saying through his thick accent. I was like, "I have no idea what's going on."
0: Mm -hmm. you know what even to this day i see the bushwhackers and i still have visions of the sheep herders and i i think of just like watching them when i was younger and just how like vicious i thought they were and then you see them as the bushwhackers you're like oh okay a complete night and day difference
1: oh totally different totally different people (laughs)
0: um now being in saskatchewan i mean shows are happening regularly there um as someone who's a big part of the scene out there like, who, are, who do you feel or, you know, who do you think are some people that, you know, others maybe should start paying attention to out there?
1: Oh, man, we got lots. Like, uh, well, Michael and Richard Clark is one guy that everybody should look at. I mean, he's a good friend of mine, but phenomenal talent, great wrestler. Like, he's always entertaining. He puts on a good show. He's very athletic. Davy O'Doyle's another one everybody should be watching out for. He's a young up and cover. He comer, He's got a lot of drive. Um, we have guys like Sean Moore that's from here uh, who's already doing a lot of stuff. He's down mm-hmm. in Mexico City right now, uh, working for a promotion down there, really trying to make it happen. Uh, he was, he actually was going to the LA dojo for New Japan for a while until mm-hmm. that fell kind of through because of COVID. Uh, so he's still trying to make opportunities for himself, and he's a phenomenal talent, somebody guys should watch out for um even Levi Knight he's young he needs a little bit more experience but he's got some good potential there to him I would say a lot of people should be watching out for him Mm -hmm. there's just we got we got some good talent out here we got some guys that have been around for a while like Hannibal Kelly that still makes a pretty good splash and puts on good matches uh Joey Vendetic can still go pretty good in the ring you got L.S. Asino, who puts on some good shows. So, I mean, we still got lots of guys here with a lot of talent in Mm -hmm. Saskatchewan, sometimes get overlooked. A lot of guys don't travel as much anymore, so they don't really get seen, but they are worth checking out.
0: And like you mentioned, it's tougher nowadays. It's not, you know, when you have gas as expensive as it is, you know, up to $2 in different provinces, you know, if your travel is not completely covered, it's tough to make the trip, make the trek and get your name out there. So it's understandable that you know people might not have heard of some of these incredibly talented wrestlers but hopefully they go out of their way to check them out because it's you know what it's they're going to put on a great show
1: yeah like there was a couple years back um michael richard blaze in alberta and a few of the guys out there were putting on shows like the clandestine society Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and really trying to get um eyes up here on uh western canada because it, it's we just don't get a lot of eyes up here and, and there's lots of great talent manitoba's got lots of great talent with like aj sanchez i mean danny duggan you got uh mental i mean tyler colden at the time i don't believe he's wrestling so much anymore if at all but i mean he was a great talent that you know there wasn't a lot of eyes out there you got guys like mrb and uh in alberta jack pride i mean <laughs> you got uh bvd and stuff like that like there's lots of great talent in alberta then there's just no eyes on this there's just not a lot of people watching western canada when it comes to wrestling we're not we're not vancouver we're not ontario there and we're definitely not the states we're not the coasts so Mm -hmm. people just don't realize that we're up here we don't get um yeah we don't get a lot of focus up here on us nobody's traveling up here for a weekend of wrestling Mm -hmm. there's just nothing to do other than you know watch a small indie show so
0: that's like one of those things where i'm very appreciative of any company who films their stuff and puts it up on youtube you know just to get a few more eyes out there you know with the accessibility it it makes sense so i know Mm -hmm. i've been able to go on like you know go on youtube and be able to see some of the clandestine stuff you know where i would have never thought that had happened before and you're seeing some great matches over there so to be able to have that chance i'm very thankful for it
1: yeah i think uh i think that's just the direction wrestling's going now like it's like still doing the indie shows but putting your stuff on youtube and trying to draw more of a crowd and it and it's more accessible now to do that like you don't have to just draw local fans you can try now getting eyes on you from all over the world really if you think about it and i think that's uh, what we should be trying to do i know there's still a lot of uh, old school ideas that people just won't come out to the shows and pay for it if it's put up online but i i think there's such a different experience from watching online and going to a live event like the feeling is just different but Mm -hmm. if you can get more people to watch online start talking about you you can drum up a lot of uh a lot of buzz or at least a little bit of buzz about your product and get more people watching and possibly even get more local people out and about. Cause now they might hear about it.
0: Mm-hmm. The, uh, the promotion is a big thing. And I know like, a few weeks back my my daughter was able to go to see her first show and the joy on her face like being able to see these guys up close and personal and it, it's just a local show for uh, 3d pro but like to see them and just experience all of it get their get her picture taken with the guys you know like that's a huge thing for kids and that's like you know building those new fans and getting them into wrestling it's a, a benefit for everyone
1: well 100 and fans love it like i mean let's face it all right fans love it kids love it and <laughs> and let's and let's face it kids are the ones that believe it the most Mm -hmm. right like they they haven't quite you know saw past the curtain yet right so they they believe in it a hundred percent right when you're getting punched they actually believe you're getting punched and it's Mm -hmm. it's more real for them they they let go of reality a lot easier than adults do Mm -hmm. so it's a lot easier to suck them in and get them in for as real fans and uh, I think sometimes some of the guys forget about that I think some wrestlers try too hard to be cool and try to appeal for the teenage crowd or the older crowd which is fine don't get me wrong but Mm -hmm. I think kids are a great a great start I mean they love it like they like honestly have a pure love for it right Mm -hmm. they're not uh there's no politics in it they don't care about the dirt sheets they don't care about what goes behind they just care about their heroes in the ring and I think that's phenomenal
0: actually it's like i'm sure it was like when you were growing up and it's the larger than life characters that even on like an independent level to see the you know wrestlers that are 6'3 and just you know jacked up and the different characters they can portray like to them it's larger than life and they they just get so fully invested in it so i'm definitely all for it
1: yeah i i love it and i mean kids just you see it when you got like kids that are even 10 years old they just have more energy when the show's over and they're just all like yeah, let's do it. I love that. You know, they want your picture with you and stuff like that. They're running up to you, giving you high fives after the show. And it's just, it's just, it kind of reminds you why you do it a little bit. Cause sometimes you can get a little jaded in this business from what goes on and kids just kind of remind you of the purity of wrestling. And it's, it's, it's nice. It's like, a, it's a great feeling.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I got uh, one more for you. Then I'll let you go and enjoy your uh, evening. Uh, I like normally I used to ask uh, favorite matches. I changed that. And I like to get a match recommendation that you're a fan of that you think the listener should go watch.
1: Do you mean like that I have wrestled in or that I have, or Mm -hmm. that I like to watch
0: that you like to watch?
1: Well, I mean, ah. Well, obviously, I really like Rey Mysterio Jr., so I'll always go back to the Halloween Havoc match with him and Eddie Guerrero because mm-hmm. that's just like a masterpiece of wrestling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, there was an outdoor show on WCW, and I think it was a Clash of the Champions, and it was the first time I saw Rey Mysterio, and it was him versus Dean Malenko, and that is a match that I think everyone should go watch because both those two are great, phenomenal wrestlers, and they put on fantastic matches. Mm-hmm um so i was like that and then i'll have one more and it's a brain busters versus the rockers back in the day and that i mean when those two teams met in the ring it was gold every time
0: mm-hmm. you know so, what you see a match like that and then i mean nowadays you watch a match like you know say like the young bucks and ftr and it's like it almost brings you back to you know rockers and Brainbusters. busters so
1: a hundred percent a hundred percent Mm -hmm. ftr is such a great team and like when they go against teams like the young bucks which is such a different style it reminds you of that again Mm -hmm. right Like the high flyers versus the technicians and it's great
0: because i like i love my high flying my flippy wrestling but you put in a high flying team against a team a ground-based team like ftr and i'm going to be into it a hundred like a hundred out of a hundred times i love that stuff
1: yeah, I do too. I, I I love that. I love clashes of styles. I do. Like I'm i mm-hmm. I'm a huge when When guys can have a clash of styles, but yet make a match riveting to watch. I think that's like the best wrestling you'll ever see.
0: Mm-hmm. There was, you know, it's, they were very similar styles, but I know um, there was still a lot of difference between them with, was uh, FTR and American alpha or the revival and American alpha. Like they were both very wrestling based, but it was almost more like, you had the Olympic style wrestling against like the, you know, re- professional wrestling style. So, I mean, it's, it's still wrestling based, but like having those two teams go at it, uh, their whole series, I was in it a hundred percent.
1: Yeah. They're so, but you're also looking at very talented people too in that mm. ring.
2: Like, oh, I mean, like
1: yeah. right across the board, they're very talented. Uh, you still see it. It's too bad that, uh, well, I can't remember his name there. Jordan there got hurt.
0: Oh, Jason Jordan.
1: Yeah. It's too bad he got hurt because he had a lot of talent and a bright future ahead of him, but, Mm -hmm. but still it was great.
0: Now, Mike, where can people find you online? If you have any social media to plug or upcoming shows as well?
1: Well, you can find me online on Instagram at just Mike McSugar Twitter. Mm -hmm. I'm not on it as much, but you can find me there. Mike McSugar, uh, look me up on Facebook mike mcsugar <laughs> a very unique name google search me i'm the only mike mcsugar in existence <laughs> so uh and then uh up and coming shows i got hold on let me just just give me a second here There's i got no show in july what is it july 15th regina saskatchewan at the eastview uh community center i will be there and uh with ringside wrestling we'll be putting on a show there and maybe possibly june 25th in uh saskatoon i will be wrestling on a saturday for uh prairie pro wrestling as well but we'll see how that one works out i might not be 100 percent guaranteed to be there so
0: mike thank you so much for joining me today i truly appreciate it thank you for having
1: me i appreciate it as well
0: Thank you so much to Mike McSugar for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling podcast. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much to him. It was a really great chat and I had a lot of fun having him on. So thank you to him. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. Thank you for listening. I, I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, if it's your first time listening, uh, you can find me up on Twitter at Grainmaker Pod. You can uh, you know we can chat wrestling up on there. You can send me an email, grainmakerpodcast at gmail.com. Um, questions, comments, concerns, all of that fun stuff, you can send it that way. If there's a guest you would like to hear on the show, uh, Mike McSugar was actually, someone had requested him, so I made sure to go out of my way to uh, bring him on. You know, uh, I will do my best if there's a guest that you would like to have on, have. A guest that you would like me to have on the podcast, I'll do whatever I can to uh, try to get them on. Um, So yeah, questions, comments, concerns, all that sort of stuff. You can email up on Facebook, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, um, up on YouTube as well. And I actually tried uploading a video up on there, but it got taken down for copyright um, infringement because I guess... um, New Japan didn't want me to upload the Jericho Benoit match that I ripped from VHS, but uh, I'll I'll, I'll get it up there one way or another, and I'll send it out everyone's way if they want to see it. Um, So yeah, that's most of the social medias up on all podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, You can check me out on there. Maybe recommend it to a friend who you think might enjoy the podcast. And t-shirts. Hit me up. You can send me a DM or email and uh, t-shirts are 25 bucks a piece. Uh, If you're in Winnipeg, I will hand deliver it to you. If you're elsewhere in Canada, I can mail it out to you. And shipping's not terrible. I mean, I'm sure you've bought a lot worse for a lot more. So um, let me know if you want a shirt. I got a whole range of sizes. Half of all profits is being donated to a local nonprofit. So just know that the money is going for a good cause. And you're going to look fashionable and have a really great Green Maker Wrestling Podcast t-shirt too. And uh, if you're outside of Canada and you want a shirt, you can go to whatamaneuver.net, search Green Maker Wrestling Podcast, and grab a shirt from there. Uh, I say outside of Canada because with exchange and shipping, it gets a little pricey. But hey, if you're in Canada and want to do that, have at her. So that's the socials, that's the t-shirt info, all that sort of fun stuff. So uh, thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.